Many things were normal. Not good, but normal. He had nearly flunked the eighth grade, barely squeaking by, getting past, he felt, because they didn't want him around the same rooms for another year, just as he had nearly flunked the seventh grade and the sixth grade before it, getting passed on because they did not want him around. He still delivered newspapers in the morning and still sold newspapers in the bars at night, hustling the drunks for extra dimes and quarters when they weren't looking. Every night he went to the corner where Johnny delivered the papers wrapped in bundles and gathered forty papers. He went to the hospital first, working room to room until it was after nine. Then he went to the bars when the men and women would be too drunk to count their change very well. Come on, Charlie, give the kid a buck. You're such a big spender, give the kid a buck. And he, the kid, would smile in what he hoped was a winning way and look poor, not hard to do. And sometimes the drunk would listen to the woman and give him a buck. Considering he usually made only a nickel a paper in commission, a dollar represented twenty sales. With that and slipping extra change off the bar when they weren't looking, on a good night he might clear three or three and a half dollars, half a day's pay for a man working in a factory in those long-ago times. His folks were still drunk. That hadn't changed. They lived in what he thought of as a grubby apartment. He didn't think of himself as living there, and he spent as little time as possible in the apartment. He would go back there when it was late and they were so drunk they had passed out. He would rifle his mother's purse and his father's pants and get perhaps two more dollars. They never knew how much he had taken because they were always in blackouts. Once, he'd found a twenty-dollar bill in his father's pocket, and they didn't even know it was gone. Then he'd take a quart of milk, a loaf of bread, a jar of peanut butter, and another of grape jelly, and head for the basement. He had a place down there. The furnace was in a dark cubicle near the coal bin. He was in charge of the furnace. In the winter, the landlord paid him three dollars a week to feed coal to the stove hopper and to carry the clinkers out in a metal tub and scatter them on the driveway. The furnace cubicle was his place, his own place, and he had found an old easy chair with the spring sticking through the cushion and dragged it back into the cubicle. There was a single bulb hanging from the ceiling on a twisted wire, a bulb with clear glass and a bare filament that was so bright it seemed like day when it was lit. He fashioned a shelf table out of an old tabletop he'd found and would sit down there for hours, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and drinking milk from the carton, trying to read, he read poorly, or making stick model airplanes. He relived the air war in the Second World War in the basement with the models, P-38s, B-17s, Corsairs, Zeros, that he painstakingly made of balsa wood and tissue paper. He hung them from the ceiling in the cubicle, and when he needed room for new models, he would take the old ones to the roof of the apartment building, sprinkle them with lighter fluid, light them, and send them flying off into space to go down in flames. This was done with great solemnity, and the curving down of the plane as it glided and crashed mimicked the crashing he'd seen in movies and newsreels of planes going down in combat. He always felt compassion for what it must have been like to die that way. He heard that some pilots carried pistols so they could shoot themselves if their plane caught on fire and they couldn't get out. And sometimes, when he felt as if his life was impossible and he couldn't get out, he wished he had a pistol. Not always, but sometimes.
He lived this way until it seemed to be all of his life. Usually he slept in the basement as well, though sometimes after his parents had passed out, he would move back upstairs and sleep on the couch near the door, in case they awakened and he had to leave in a hurry. And he went upstairs to use the bathroom or shower. His day was nearly always the same. He had an old alarm clock with a little hammer that slapped back and forth against two bells so loudly that it could wake the dead. He rose at five, cleaned up, took his paper bag, and walked the five blocks downtown to where Johnny brought the morning papers. He delivered subscription papers in the morning. On the way, he went by Torku's bakery. They'd just be finishing the first run of hot rolls, and he would go to the back door in the alley and knock softly, and Mrs. Torku, who ran the ovens, would come and slip him three hot rolls. It had started because he'd walked through the alley one winter morning, and the snow.